With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Redestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio, live and direct from the City of Angels, where you have not one, but two NFL teams. I went and saw one in person yesterday afternoon. Not one, but two potential playoff teams in Major League Baseball. And uh, not one, but two potential top five draft picks at quarterback in the NFL playing in college this year. We got a lot to offer here here, here in Los Angeles. Um But one of the things that happened yesterday in Los Angeles, I was actually attending the Chargers-Seahawks game. Got to point out how impressed I am with the 12th man showing up. Also, we'll tell you part of the 12th man showing up is not just because I do think that their uniforms are cool and the football team uh, has been one to which, uh, if you're a fan, you're all in on. They have distinct kind of vivid personalities on that team. But let's be honest, they've been among the most successful, the most dominant team in the Western United States the past half decade or so. And that's where all you Seahawks fans with, hey, this is not a New Jersey. Yeah, it's not like you were uh, Seahawks fans going back 10, 15 years ago. I didn't see a lot of Matt Hasselback jerseys in the crowd. Still, I'm at the game watching the Chargers play their first game, not sold out, I understand, in Carson we just the whole thing is just weird and kind of surreal. Right? There was no huge desire for the NFL to come to LA to begin with. And then 
You put together two teams in L.A. in two separate years, and honestly, neither of the team that people kind of wanted, right? I mean, if the Raiders came to town tomorrow and played in the in the middle of the desert or played somewhere off the beaten path, they would draw far, far and wide more attention than the Rams and the Chargers combined. That said, I'm at the game. And I didn't realize that Michael Bennett was protesting. Michael Bennett, star defensive end for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I wasn't watching the Raiders preseason game, but apparently Marshawn Lynch also did not stand up for the national anthem, to which I learned that Marshawn Lynch didn't stand up for the national anthem during most of the last 11 years of his career. And so when you couple that coming off of what was just an awful weekend in Charlottesville, Awful. Awful. Um, I understand how anyone can make a, I, I do. In this case, I, if I don't know what each his political statement was or if there wasn't a statement just there in disgust with the progress or lack thereof or in many ways it felt like regression in our country over the weekend. I don't know why they they chose to sit. I mean, they each have said kind of why, but whatever. Um, Okay. But I think in totality, it takes away from Colin Kaepernick's argument or the argument made by some as to why Colin Kaepernick's not in the NFL. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Really quickly, because, because... Uh, Others have been unable to do so. Yes, uh, I am anti-Nazi and anti-Confederate flag. Uh, Having just returned from Israel about, uh, what, three weeks ago? Three weeks ago, I can tell you what the Nazis did to uh, people of my religion, uh, what they did to uh, even some of their own countrymen, what they did to gypsies, what they did to gays, what they did to Muslims. If you actually crack a history book, it's the most disgraceful era in the history and the, in the modern history of war. Um, and anyone who is foolish enough to flat, to flash that flag and think that it's not going to be great met with great, uh, energy, great resistance, obviously thinks that we are supposed to pretend we don't remember history and Confederate flag guy. Sorry. You're same thing. Like, Hey, take the L dude. You lost a long time ago. We've moved on. And you can tell me it's about your hair, some Southern heritage thing. That's there's, that's fine. You you could try and make the same argument about the swastika being about some sort of German heritage, right? When it when it it's a sign of oppression, and frankly, you know, at least in the swastika, it, I don't I don't even want to get in this discussion. But I don't know. You're sitting at home. You're like, this is this is our our country. It's the summer, man, right? We're getting ready for football. I just want to talk about football, damn it. I want to talk about the Angels are my baseball team. I have no idea how they are right now tied to go to the wild card. Like, I have no idea. Zero. I have zero clue. Like, they have Mike Trout and a bunch of other stuff. There's no possible logical reason that they, and they're playing great. I'd love to talk about the Dodgers. Did you? They won this weekend. Have you seen what they've done? But instead, here we are kind of reacting to um, a disgraceful protest 
in Charlottesville and what happened after that. And we're reacting to two football players who have had very good careers. And I guess I'm supposed to say, well, these guys, let's listen first. Here's Michael Bennett after the game yesterday when asked why he didn't stand for the National Anthem. With everything that's been going on the last couple of months, and especially after the last couple of days, seeing everything in uh, Virginia, seeing what's going on out there, and we, earlier today in Seattle, um, I just wanted to be able to use my platform to be able to continue to speak on injustice. I love the military. I love my father's in the military. I love, I love hot dogs like any other American. I love football like any other American, but I, I don't love segregation. I don't love riots. I don't love um, oppression. I don't love, love, I love gender slander. And I just, I just want to see people have the equality that, that, they, that they deserve. Okay, I mean, like, look, we have to make sure we contextualize what happened with Colin Kaepernick when he protested as opposed to Michael Bennett, who's like, look, I've been paying attention to all the stuff going on. And I just want to use my platform, which I've actually, I always support. I've never been a stick to whatever guy because I, if, if it was, I would only be allowed to talk about basketball because I was a basketball guy, right? Like, don't get me wrong. You still have your wheelhouse and things that you're an expert in. And Michael Bennett knows and has forgotten more about playing defensive line and football than I'll ever know. But I also think that if you can be a thoughtful human being and bring your own perspective to a discussion, you know, why can't sports guy talk about non-sports, right? So, wait, we leave politics to just the politicians? Why? Politicians having them shown themselves to be worthy of, of, of being alone in that discussion to begin with, right? So we should allow any sort of other person on the street is allowed to speak on something, a topic that they might not be educated on as opposed to an athlete? No. Look, the, the problem with Kaepernick was when he protested, what he said after he protested and why he was protesting. And I know it was a hot-button issue. I remember all the things that happened in the summer before last year when he took a knee at the National Anthem. And Just, just so you know, when you don't stand up for the National Anthem, look, I, my, my son and I, we're there, National Anthem, take off your hat. It's respectful. Put it over your heart. You know, if you know the words, sing it. If you don't, pay attention. Look at the flag. That's how I, I teach my son. I do, I, having traveled abroad even this summer, I can tell you, there's flaws in our country. Not close, still the greatest country ever. Nothing like the descent or nothing like walking off that plane and seeing old glory. But we're not perfect. And if your way to say we're not perfect is, hey, I'm not going to stand for the national anthem, I disagree with it, but I'd like to hear what you have to say. Two things. One, Kaepernick, when he took a knee, said that cops were murderers and they're walking the street. And that language still rings, still resonates in many police officers' ears, resonates in my ears, and I, rem- I know what he's talking about. Okay? He, did, he had the pig socks. Okay? It, it was different. He offered no discussion. He wanted no discussion about either of the, either of the presidential candidates. Instead, wanted to try and st- stay kind of apolitical, even though he was in the middle of a political debate. And even now, as he has done a lot of good works on the back of his protest, he hasn't used that platform to continue to push his cause. Instead, people don't know. Like he said, if he signs for the team, he's not going to kneel for the national anthem. Like why? Why are things so much better now? Why have things changed so much? Tell us, lead us. If you're going to start a movement, 
well, then you have to see it all the way through. But more than anything, the reason that Bennett and that Marshawn Lynch, I think, whether it's reality or perception, perception oftentimes becomes a reality. Why their protests hurt Kaepernick is, they're not going to lose their job over it. They're not. And look, Marshawn's a pain in the ass. Ask anybody. Like, there's a reason. He was in Buffalo, and then he's in Seattle. And Seattle, he was just quirky enough to work at that particular time. Remember, he'd dive in the end zone and grab his nuts, which is like, it's funny, but it's because it's Marshawn, right? Like, he can kind of get away with it because like, uh, it's Marshawn. And whether or not he sticks and is the starting running back for the Raiders, as they're pushing for, doesn't have anything to do with the protest. And it is the Raiders. They're able to do things because they're, but it's, can he play? If he still has juice in the tank, he'll be on the Raiders. He'll be getting the football on the one-yard line to win playoff games or win a Super Bowl. Same thing with Michael Bennett can really play. And while I do think that there's a portion of hesitation in signing Kaepernick because of the protest and the visceral reaction to his language in discussing the protest and the pig socks and things like that, and the Castro t-shirt, all that stuff, There's also major questions about whether or not he can play, how much he wants to, uh, how much he wants to make when playing, what type of opportunity he needs in order to sign that contract. And while Bennett and Marshawn may on some levels be sowing solidarity towards Kaepernick, they're really hurting the argument that Kaepernick's only not in the NFL because of the protest. Malcolm Jenkins still in the NFL, isn't he? Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Goodell had, has had, in my estimation, five major influential owners as cornerstones of his power base. Pittsburgh's Dan Rooney, Carolina's Jerry Richardson, Jerry Jones of Dallas, Robert Kraft of New England, and the Giants' John Mara. Rooney died this year. Richardson, 81, is declining influence. Jones... As uh, Adam Schefter reports, is furious with the commissioner for the Elliott suspension, as I believe he thinks the commissioner is too suspension happy. Kraft is still wounded over the Brady suspension and verdict. Mara still in Goodell's corner, rock solid, I believe. That's quite a change from his power base. But is it? So the idea is, like, will Roger Goodell, will Roger Goodell lose his job over the Jerry Jones thing? Like, Jerry Jones is mad because... They may have they they suspended Ezekiel Elliott on Friday. Now, as I think most of you know, I hosted Colin Cowherd's show, The Herd, on Friday. Like my my first thing is when I hear domestic violence, I would just like us all to take a breath and realize, like, honestly, I I kind of think the Ray Rice video is a good one to like. That's what it looks like. It's not always that violent. Sometimes it get, it's even it gets escalates and gets even worse. But that's what it looks like. It's disgraceful for a man to hit a woman. Um, I also think that, look, there's the, the poss- offer up the possibility that much like the Tom Brady case, the NFL overstepped and the NFL did not have the evidence that they believe that they have. Like, I don't think Tom Brady did anything wrong. I don't. Do I think they inflated or reinflated the footballs? Probably. I also think they did so because Tom Brady liked the football a certain way. Do I think he ordered the code red? I don't. Um, there's text messages out there between this woman, uh, the the victim, 
alleged victim and her friends. Um, and Ezekiel's dad has come out and said that there is evidence. And of course, his lawyers have come out, come out, whatever. Look, I, I am not capable personally of hitting a woman. I'm, I'm personally not capable of doing it. I don't have that capability within me. And I would also like to think like, I, I'd like to believe goodness of heart that somebody would not say they were hit by somebody else, especially a woman saying you hit by a man and make it up. I would like to believe that all rape victims are in fact rape victims, but sometimes people lie. It's not a high percentage of times. And those people that lie do far more damage to other women than they ever thought in the moment to which they, they might have good reason to lie. It might be a super toxic relationship and it's their cry for help and there may have been mental abuse, whatever. But my first thing when there's a domestic violence case, I just, I don't think we go, we should immediately go, my fantasy football team is screwed. Or throw up the Cowboys schedule like, man, what are they going to do this year? What's the record going to be? Right? Like I just, that's the wrong tack. Wrong tactic. Wrong. It doesn't ma- mean you're not going to have that discussion. Doesn't mean that your mind can't go there. It eventually will. Uh, it's just like I don't think the first time you hear it, you should think she's lying. Not healthy. But as the evidence starts to come out, if you read the NFL side, fairly pretty damaging. If you start to hear some of his side, you start to wonder. Wait a second. Is this legitimate? I think the conversation that you have between Roger Goodell and um, and Jerry Jones is an honest one, which is very simple. What do you want me to do? You know, we suspended Ray Rice for two games, which is the longest suspension in the history of the league for domestic violence. And people saw the video and wanted me fired, wanted the league burned to the ground. I spent a guy two games for something that was handled by the by the criminal courts with a deferred pre with a pretrial diversion diversionary hearing or something, right? Like the criminal justice system views this in a completely different way than how we view it in our in our own kind of uh, you know Twitter justice, right? I suspended him, but I guess I didn't suspend him long enough. Now we blackballed him, but then we had to come up with a new policy, and it's six games. And, oh, yeah, by the way, like, look, this is what happens. For example, we just had Matt Rule on, right? Now, Matt Rule has never been accused of any ethical misconduct ever, ever. He wouldn't have gotten that job had they not done their due diligence and found any sort of, remember, he had two assistant coaches that they had to, early on, had to jettison. The point is that when you come in, you follow the mess that was left behind at Baylor. The most powerful people on campus are compliance and basically your HR people, or in this case, Title IX on a campus because of what the previous regime is alleged to have done, right? Well, that's what's happening in the NFL. Like there was such a visceral reaction towards the great, how the handling of Greg Hardy, uh, the handling of uh, what's the kicker from the Giants, Josh Brown. And, and, and by the way, I, I think I'm, I may be alone. I think Josh Brown was done wrong. I do. Because we don't know what he meant in his journal, which was supposed to remain private. But nonetheless, we chose to punish somebody for something 
that we don't actually know what actually happened. But we wanted justice. And so now he's out of the league. But um, what ends up happening is if you, Jerry Jones sits down with Roger Goodell and Jerry Jones can be mad as you want. I'm like, hey, Jerry, I appointed somebody else. This is not, I took it away from my desk and gave the power to a former prosecutor. She conducted the investigation. If I get her investigation and she thinks it's more probable than not that something happened, that Ezekiel did something to this girl, and I bury that, I get fired. Okay? I am the laughing stock of professionals. Like, I'm gone. You can't do that, Jerry. Don't you remember what happened when we, we tried to investigate Ray Rice, and we suspended Ray Rice, and then the video came out, and we didn't do enough to get the video. Now we might have done too much. We might have overstepped our purview, but okay, that's what we risk. If you don't think bygones become bygones, the New England Patriots had their first preseason game at home last week. Do you know who was there? Roger Goodell. Do you know who will be there when they kick off the season? Roger Goodell. At the end of the day, he's making them a lot of money. And he's doing his best to try and keep all 32 owners happy. And even if five were more powerful than others, I think his out in the you're mad at me is time heals all wounds. I'm still filling your pockets. And 31 other owners agreed with my move to suspend your player. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let's catch up with David Shaw, head coach of the Stanford Cardinal. Uh, they get ready to, to, to head down, I think, next Saturday to Sydney to take on the Owls. Uh, coach joins us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Next Saturday, you guys head down, correct? Yeah, a few days from now. Um, okay, yeah, so so how has this? Um, let, let's let's uh, let me let me kind of rise my level of intelligence here. What's your level of preparedness for the season this year, as opposed to previous years? No two a days and an earlier game than in years in the past. Well, I think the big thing for us is revamping our entire uh, training camp schedule to accommodate for having no two-day practices. And lots, lots have been said about two-day practices. I think there's a way to do them uh, intelligently to keep your team uh, healthy and safe, but at the same time train them for what is a long and grueling uh, football season. Um, but no two-days this year, so we had to be very smart about how we did it. And I think our guys did really, really well. Um, we still scrimmaged. We still did a lot of things that were physical. And we gave them a day off and we took care of him as well so i think we're we're pretty we're pretty well prepared uh to start getting into game plans a lot of, a lot of a lot more full speed reps is what i read that you guys you guys uh use is that is that accurate well we we were smart about it in that we we tried to scrimmage before the day off so that we could recover the day off and then the first day after the day off we you know don't put the the, the full full gear on and we kind of grease, grease them back up um, before we we get back to kind of being physical again so it's really about being smart it's, it's not just about you know banging these guys together but at the same time making sure that we get enough physical we have enough meeting time we have enough walkthroughs to make sure guys know what they're what they're supposed to do um, okay, so David Shaw joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. What about Keller Chris? Last time we saw him, he hurt his knee, Sun Bowl. Uh, there was some talk in the offseason that they didn't know, you guys didn't know whether or not he'd be ready. He's 100% go, isn't he? He's 100%. He looks great. He feels great. 
Uh, we anticipated maybe giving him a day off um, or two during the course of training camp. Um, he's had no swelling. He's had no setbacks. Um, he looks 100%, and I can't wait to watch him uh, game one. That's that's really amazing. Now, of course, you have to replace Christian McCaffrey, who didn't play in that Sun Bowl, and it showed kind of the supporting cast. What's that going to be like? What, what's the... What's the kind of game plan? That's going to massively change because you guys were able to smartly use him in so many different facets. What's that going to be like for you getting ready for the game against Rice? Well, the biggest thing is that it's going to take about four different guys to do what Christian did by himself. Um, Bryce Love is an outstanding running back. You know, Christian missed two games last year, and Bryce rushed for 100 yards in both of those games. Um, he's an explosive, quick, agile guy that actually runs physical between the tackles as well. But at the same time, I think you'll see the ball get spread around a little bit more. Um, I think you'll see our receivers make more plays, and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and Trent Irwin. Our tight ends will be more involved, led by our, our senior captain there, Dalton Schultz. Um, so I think we've got a good group of guys that I think we can absorb all of those uh, touches that Christian McCaffrey is leaving for the rest of those guys now. Uh, last year, remember, you, you beat Kansas State, then you guys had a week off, and then you beat USC 27-10. to 10. There's some similarities here. Obviously, now you're playing in Australia, and then you have the week off coming back. There is some similarities in having that week off. Do you, I mean, I, I mean, I guess you have to like it, but do you like that in getting ready for your first Pac-12 game against the team favored, the favorite to win their side of the Pac-12 in USC? Uh, yeah, I think I'm excited about it. Our players are excited about it. I think the Sydney trip is going to be phenomenal. We're going to teach it and treat it just like a bowl game. You know, the first couple of days there, we're going to kind of we're going to go to the zoo, we're going to go to the beach, we're going to do some cultural exchange things with the people of Australia, and um, they're excited to, to host us and have us, and I can't wait. Um, and after about the, the third day, we'll really kind of batten down the hatches and get ready to play a football game and um, treat it as a game. We're going to try to go out there and win. Um, and then the good thing is coming back with that bye week, uh, you know, the first three days, we're going to let our, let our guys be completely off, um, help them try to get back on the proper sleep, sleep cycle uh, of a West Coast time zone, um, and then we'll start our, our USC preparation and have about a week and a half to get ready for a really good uh, Trojan team. You know what's interesting is you're talking about a smart way to do two-a-days, and there is. There's a smart way to, to do the overseas trip and get guys on the right sleep cycle. It's, it's, I, I, it's fascinating to me that something that I think we do a bad job in the media of talking enough about is that coaches have to find – like, you can't practice hard every day. Even the 20-hour rule in season, you can't go every day full bore because you, your players have to have their legs in order to perform at their optimum level. How much of your practice timing, practice time planning, is set around not just what you want to accomplish, but having the guys play at optimal health once you get around to playing in the game? It's everything. I mean, it's everything. It's making sure that we're not overloading them mentally, overloading them physically, and make sure we're getting enough work but not too much work and not too little work. So managing it is so – and I'm, I'm so glad you bring that up because – with all of the concussion research and concussion studies and all the things going on there, um, you know, the coaches sometimes get, get thrown under the bus as as guys that are Cro-Magnum guys that just want to go out there and smash these guys' heads together. Right. And that's not even close because if you really think about it, um, we love these guys and, and care about these guys more than anybody else. These are our guys. These are our people that we spend all this time with. We want them to be healthy. We want them to be safe. We want them to perform at a, an optimal level. So there are many times we'll go through and say, hey, you know, today is scheduled for 
for a two-hour practice. You know what? Let's take 30 minutes out. Our guys' legs are tired. You know, hey, you know, tomorrow's supposed to be a padded day. Let's take the pads off tomorrow. We we hit enough this past weekend. So coaches all over the country make those decisions based on the health and welfare of their players. Well, there's there's two parts to it. Um, for, let me ask you about the hitting because I want to get back back to the conditioning and the legs in a second. You're the most physical team in the Pac-12, one of the most physical teams in the country. I, so I guess just the football angle of it is how do you maintain kind of the, cultural of, the culture of physicality, the style that you play both offensively and def- defensively with less hitting in practice? How is that done? So, and it probably less hitting than most people would think. So for us, we rarely ever practice for two, more than two and a half hours. I mean, that's like the maximum, usually about 215, 220 minutes. The first 45 minutes of our practice is non-contact. We are doing a special teams drills. We'll go through individual drills. We'll go through group drills where the offense works separately from the defense, and it's teaching, and it's technique work before we ever do anything competitive. So the, the, a, big chunk of our, a big chunk of our practice every single day is non-physical. It's mental. It's, it's technique work. And then we'll have typically two team periods of about 12 to 15 plays each um, where it's guys going on, going against guys physical. When we get after it, now we're going to be physical. We're going to we're going to get after it as well as anybody in college football. And then we may go on to another period where it's not as physical. So we concentrate the physicality um, in practice into certain periods, but it can't be the entire practice. We're allowed to practice for four hours, right. and, and for me, that's just too much. So we practice a shorter, and it'll be very intense when it's time to be intense, and it'll be a teaching tempo when it's time to teach. It's fascinating. So I, I coached a team, David Shaw, uh, our guest, seventh-year head coach at the Stanford, as they get ready to take on Rice in Sydney, Australia, a week from Saturday. Um, I coached a team in, in Israel, it's like the Jewish Olympics. Anyway, uh, we had we had two a days, and as a as a guy who had never been a head coach but had had played forever, like I know how important it is like kind of the balance of being sharp and getting enough shots up, um, and knowing what you're doing and practicing with a level of intensity. On the other hand, you want to have want to have your legs. You know, you want to feel really really good. And I found that that trying kind of managing that was su- such an important part of the job so that players and you know this for a big Saturday guys are at their that magic level to which you don't have to say or do anything their bodies are right their minds are right and they're sharp and they're not overburdened with what you did on the other hand you didn't under teach them under coach them so they're not prepared I-, I bring all that up because I was really bothered by the Josh Rosen thing because it it makes it seem like all guys do is spend time around the facility. All they do is watch film and practice and lift weights. And he he made it. He made the statement of it. School and football, like you can't really do them both at a high level. You're at the highest level academically. Your school plays at the highest level in football and in the pack, not just in the Pac-12, but nationally. When you heard those remarks, what did you think? Well, I, I, I gave an interview uh, shortly after. I usually don't give interviews after someone else at another university says anything, but I thought it was important to frame the conversation the, the, in the way that is beneficial to everyone, um, in my opinion. Um, young, win, young men and young women that play sports in college have difficult schedules. Um, and to think that a, a college football uh, schedule is so much more difficult than a women's soccer schedule or other others. There, there are young men and young women that are, are working while they're going to college, and they have to work to afford to go to college. What you learn at, at university is time management. 
you learn how to make critical decisions. Hey, I don't have time for this, and I have time for this. Um, so that's that's something that you 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 learn during the course of your college, and and uh, I think it's very capable. It's very possible because um, so many people. I have a lot of friends that went to UCLA. I know people that have worked there, coached there, and I know people that teach school there. And it's very doable there. Um, is it easy? Absolutely not. But if you want to be great in your sport and you want to be a great student, and then no, it's not going to be easy. And other people are going to have time to do things that you don't have to do, but you've made the choice um, to be to try to be elite uh, at, a, at a university. So um, the difficulties, hey, we, you accept those, um, you accept the challenges, and your accomplishments when you do accept something difficult um, are even more fulfilling. So I would hate for the argument to be, hey, you know what, we need to um, just have guys go to go to football and not go to school. Well, then what message are we sending? Because so many of these guys that play college sports, young men and women, they're not going to do it professionally. They need their education. They need that college degree to move on and be successful in life. David Shaw joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Of his uh, six seasons, five of which have ended in double-digit wins. You guys won your last six games of last season with a great finishing kick. And you finish up this year. Your last three are at home on the farm. We mentioned you start off um, you start off on the road or in, in Sydney against Rice. Uh, and kind of an interesting – you know, you're ranked 15th, kind of right there in the middle of the top 25. What's your – What's, what's your level of expectation? You've had some great teams. You've been around great teams previous to becoming head coach. You get a sense kind of early on, do you have that, what it takes, if everybody stays healthy to be special? What's your sense of this club as of this date? I think we have a few things going for us. Um, you know, a quarterback coming off an injury, but a quarterback that had experience and, and, is, and is undefeated as a starter and did some really good things at the end of the year. Um, but you look at us as a whole, you know, I think we've got – really good experience. We're more experienced on the offensive line. We're experienced on the defense, the front seven, and the secondary. Um, I think we've got some talented young guys that are coming in, coming into their own. Um, like any coach, we want to st- we need to stay healthy, and we need to find the best way to utilize the, the talents and abilities of our, of our team. Um, but I think we have a chance. I think we have a chance to be very good. We have a very competitive uh, schedule, as you alluded to, um, um, starting out early on with going to Sydney, but then coming back with USC, San Diego State, UCLA, yep. um, and get into the bulk of our of our conference, and then you you throw in Washington at the end of the year, and and, and Cal and Notre Dame. Um, it's a, it's a tough schedule, and I think if we can stay healthy and and continue to improve, because we can't ever get to the point where I think we're okay. You know, let's go play everybody. You no, know, we got it. We're gonna have to improve throughout the season um, in order to have a chance to hopefully find a way to that Pac-12 championship game. And that's what you did last year. You improved throughout the season last year. Well, Coach, listen, we'll let you get back after it. We really appreciate the discussion. Safe travels to and from Sydney, and don't be afraid to bring back a dub uh, so we can see that matchup against USC at the Coliseum. Thanks for being our guest on Fox Sports Radio. No problem. Good to talk to you. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Uh, I was one of the 21,054 at the StubHub Center in uh, Carson, California, yesterday for the Chargers uh, maiden voyage into preseason football against the Seattle Seahawks. And I will point out, I'll continue to point out, the place was probably one-third, at least, one-third Seahawks fans. Uh, 12th man travels really, really well. It just does. Now, you might say to yourself, L.A.'s a bad sports town, right? That's what that's what people always say, like, L.A.'s a bad sports town. Dodgers drew 4 million people last year, would draw over 4 million people this year. 
Angels will go over $3 million this year. Um, and last year for preseason football, the Rams' preseason opener was the largest preseason football game in the United States history. Official attendance was 89,140. 89,140. That's for the Rams. Of course, uh, they did play the Dallas Cowboys, who are um, arguably the most popular team in America. And Cowboys have always trained in Southern California. Cowboys have some swag, as opposed to as much as the 12th man does travel well. Let's not act like Seahawks fans are Steelers fans, who are probably number two. Cowboys fans won in terms of traveling fans or fans that put the jerseys on. Yeah, Patriot fans show up. It's like Red Sox fan when they won the World Series. You're not really a Patriot fan. You People like teams that win. That's what I found. So, look, the Chargers, and they did get booed at home, but part of the reason they got booed, Kellen Clemens came in. He's their backup quarterback. Threw an 89-yard touchdown pass to Kelvin Benjamin. He should have just dropped the mic and be like, I'm good, hand it over to Cardale Jones. Instead, he kept playing, and it just got bad. If you guys watch anything, he had two interceptions, both his fault, and a fumble, also his fault, on a missed fake handoff where he just dropped the football. Kellen Clemens bringing the Jets to the Chargers was not a good thing. It wasn't. Uh, and it should be pointed out that it's, I mean, like Carson's a random location. It just is. Inside the stadium, it's great. They actually have, in the corners of the stadium, they have little kind of grassy areas where people can eat food, so they allow food trucks to come in, set up tr- shop, so they have plenty of vending. Like, it's a, a really cool little stuff. It's 27,000 seats. It should be 30, but some of the seats aren't uncovered yet because it's California and there's some sort of, they have to do some sort of seismic e- ecological review of them. I don't know. Seriously. And Carson is, Carson is the town, if you look on a map, literally just south of Compton. It's in between Orange County and Los Angeles. It's on the campus of Cal State University of Dominguez Hills. You're like, what is that? Where is that? My point exactly. It's right next to industrial areas, right next to Compton. There's strip malls across the street. There's no, there is set up parking on the campus, but... Not a ton of it. And it's just not a place which you go like, oh, an NFL team plays there. Now, remember, they are playing in this home for two years before they move to the palatial new place where they're going to share with the Rams. But what this is just an arranged marriage. This what yesterday felt like what it has to be like. Sorry, like arranged marriage. First night you go home, like, what do you do? Like, yes, yeah, I know we're married. And our parents said we're supposed to be married, but do we have to sleep in the same bed? Like, what do we have to, do we have to consummate this marriage? It was so strange. And the Chargers had a a vibrant fan base in San Diego, but like at some point, I, I actually understand the Chargers' point of view, which is like, hey, we offered the possibility of a stadium that could get you a Super Bowl, get you in the college football playoff, could get you a Final Four. It was supposed to be a dome stadium. The LA one will be domed. Right? That's you're like, why is it dome when the weather's good? So you can get basketball in there. So you can have presidential conventions in there. So you can have anything possible in there. Had San Diego built it, it all would have at San Diego. It's a great vacation destination. You would have had two or three bowl games in addition to the bowl games that they have, and they might actually lose. 
And at some point in negotiations, you have to go like, hey, look, if you don't hit my number, I'm walking out the door. Right? That's You go in to buy a car, and you're like, well, I'm not paying sticker price. You're like, no, 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 we pay everything sticker. You're like, I'm not paying sticker price. Here's the invoice price. Like, come on, I'm not paying invoice. Invoice isn't really invoice. We know there's holdback. Like, what can you do for me? And if you don't like the deal that's being proposed, the only power you really have as a consumer is in a negotiation to walk away. It's the same thing in any negotiation. And the chargers are somewhere like, you know what? The hell with it. We're out. But what a weird marriage it is between L.A. I mean, because if they if they built their own stadium in, like, South Orange County, where you get some bleed over from San Diego fans driving up, right? If you put it close to a train station where some some Charger fans are like, look, I'm not going to wear my Charger jersey to the train, but once I get on the train, I'm going to go see my Bolts, right? Drink on the train the whole way off. Get, but, like, this is literally in the middle of nothing. No disrespect to Carson, but you, until this moment, you were more known for having an Arco uh uh, oil um, refinery, right? Like, oh, the area with the Arco oil refinery? Like, yeah, that's it. Ugh. It's just kind of random. And they're going to move into their bigger home. But, look, I think that the, whoever, this whole battle for L.A. thing, whoever wins first is going to be, that's L.A. likes a winner. And it's not like the Rams have killed it although the Rams have won a Super Bowl in many people's lifetimes, and the Rams were in Los Angeles more recently than the Chargers were in Los Angeles, but it was going back to when I was in high school. So while right now they appear to be the Clippers and the Rams, the Lakers, they're the Jets, the Rams, the Giants, they're the Mets, the Rams, the Yankees. The difference is, like, to win a town... You just have to win. You just have to win. But man, was it weird. And here's the other truth that you need to know. The Rams have been here for a year. This is heading their second year. The Chargers have been here for five minutes. If the Raiders somehow were to come into L.A. next week and go like, hey, we're going to play our games in L.A. over the next couple of years, they would be more popular. They just are. It's one of the weirdest things ever to happen to Los Angeles the team that they wanted they wanted back, they could never get. The team that moved the furthest away did come back. And the team that was just down the road but was always kind of operating under the cover of darkness because San Diego is lovely, but it is not part of L.A. or Orange County, like not part of the mindset of a Southern California sports fan. They came to town and they're playing in a soccer stadium which is actually a really cool place to go watch a game. Like, everything's a good seat. Everything's a good seat. But it's a it's a weird arranged marriage. Weird one. That's one of those ones where the NFL signed off on the deal. They're going to make, you know, six, seven hundred million dollars in the relocation fees. Meanwhile, are they going to ever get long-term return on finally getting teams to L.A.? I don't think the answer is a yes. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.